Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. From Nola Pizza in the Nola Brewing Tap Room on Chapatula Street in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti, Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and director of the award-winning Birkenrode Reports. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. If you go to the drugstore and check out the hair and skincare aisles, you'll find shelves crammed with products. There seems to be a product for every conceivable hair type and skin condition. But actually, there's not. Even one of the most successful brands, Avino, which is owned by Johnson & Johnson, is on the lookout for new products. So much so that they sponsor a new product search and even have a business accelerator to help nurture up-and-coming skincare entrepreneurs. In 2022, the winner of the $100,000 Avino product search and member of the Avino Accelerator was a New Orleans company called Bees Bayou Skincare. The company makes a line of skin, scalp, and hair care products that use fermented and herbal ingredients formulated to work with the skin's natural microflora. The founder and creator of the creams and potions at Bees Bayou Skincare is Ariel Brown. Ariel, welcome out to lunch. Thank you for having me. Hi. This is awesome. We've gotten so used to giant companies owning multiple brands that it's kind of quaint these days to talk about a company that only makes one product. But it's worth remembering there was a time when Coca-Cola only made Coca-Cola. Ford Motors only made Ford automobiles and Apple made a computer. Sydney Raymond's company, Bombass Fro, only makes a single hair jelly. The product has no harmful ingredients, promises lasting results, and is extremely affordable and allows black women to wear their natural hair without the added expense of multiple products or complicated application methods. And in case you're skeptical about the comparison to Coke, Ford, and Apple, Sydney's Bombass Fro is so massively popular that she can't produce enough of it to keep up with nationwide demand. Sydney, welcome out to lunch. Hi, thank you for having me. Ariel, apparently the reason your skincare products are so effective and have gotten attention from Avino and now other manufacturers as well is your groundbreaking use of probiotics that works synergistically with the skin's own molecular chemistry to return it to its natural state. This is the kind of advanced research-based product that typically comes out of a laboratory filled with dermatological chemists. You have a graduate degree in social work. You also work in real estate, but you don't have a background in either chemistry or biology. I know you were motivated by your own skin issues and inspired by your grandmother's use of herbal medicine, but what you're creating is way more complex than some kind of home remedy. Are you a naturally gifted scientist, or did you get lucky and stumble on this, or how are you doing it? <laughs> I loved uh, listening to that. Well, the science is out there, yes. The research is public out there, and I can read, and I can study, <laughs> and that's what I did. Um, but yo, you're right, I, I don't know exactly how life finds a way to make these things possible. Um, but it does, and I'm open to the possibilities, so I think I'm just a steward of that knowledge, and I'm a steward of people's 
skin, you know? And, and I take it really seriously that I am using ingredients that aren't always the most known or popular and trying to make them known and popular, which is very difficult to do as a very small, you know, mostly one woman show at the moment with some team members who aren't even all local. And so I'm really trying to help educate both myself, my team, our stakeholders, our customers, so they feel confident in what we're creating. But yeah, it's all based on scientific research that's out there. A lot of it is new, like the last 10 years. Um, but we definitely know about probiotics for our gut health. And I had been taking them for my own gut health and hoping that it could help my eczema issues and my flare-up issues. And I just thought, hey, wouldn't it be cool if? And next thing you know, I'm going down the rabbit hole of Google and looking at all these different studies and like, oh, they have this particular strain that does this for skin. And what can I do if I mix that with this type of herb or that? And down the rabbit hole I went. <laughs> yeah. And everybody's lucky for it. Yeah, thank you. Sydney, the story of bomb-ass fro is the kind of scenario that startup businesses imagine in their wildest dreams. You came up with a hair product that black women can use to wear their hair naturally that looks good, feels good, is easy to use, and is affordable. They sound like tough claims to substantiate, but you don't spend a single penny on marketing trying to convince anyone. Instead, you send the product to some social media influencers and they use it and love it. And before you know it, almost literally overnight, Bomb Ass Fro is a huge sensation. You quit your day job and start working on it full time, and now you literally can't make enough of it to keep up with demand. And that demand just keeps growing. One of the ways to solve this production bottleneck and to make a whole lot of money would be to license the formula of Bomb Ass Fro to a big manufacturer. I'm sure you've considered that option. What's your current thinking about all that? Um, wow. <laughs> I am a proponent of ownership. It is important to me. Um, and since I'm marketing to my people, my community, I wanna be sure that I'm doing the due diligence that I have to do. Um, and honestly, I'm fearful to to sell it or to market it, to you know offer it to a manufacturer, license it, because I'm just scared that they're not gonna do it right. Like they, might, they may use cheaper ing ingredients. They may try to cut corners on things that I'm not willing to. And so right now, you know, I'm still growing my customer loyalty and my base, and I want to make sure that they trust me enough to know that I'm providing quality um, and that when I expand my line, I will continue to do so. So that's why, you know, the licensing thing is great, and I can make a ton of money, but I'm not just in it for the money, and I have to be, I have to just stick to my core um, and serve my people, and that's values that Biomass Row holds, that I hold, and until the situation is right, that's what I'm gonna to stick to. Now, Errol, I'm gonna ask you a question, but I think it could go to either one of you. Sure. I would think uh, lining up with the right manufacturer would be so important because you're, mm -hmm. doing, you're dealing with uh, ingredients that you know, they're not used to. Exactly. My first manufacturer actually, US-based, all manufacturers I have right now are US-based. They told me initially, no, 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 we've never worked with this before, I'm sorry, we can't work with you. But I'm like, but I want to work with you guys, you know, because it took a lot of research to find a manufacturer that would be U.S.-based, that would have um, the experience working with natural products, and would have low minimums, because I was going from DIY in my house, in my kitchen, 
to now I have to order a whole lot at one time and that whole lot needs to be small because it's coming out of my pocket and it's coming out of the proceeds of the business. I'm just recycling money and it has to, I have to make really smart decisions with it. So I stayed on them. I went and found the raw material manufacturer themselves that had a lot of detail about the ingredients, certifications, testing, all of that. So they could see, yes, you haven't worked with them before, but I have all this information for you already all you have to do is put it in a bottle for me, please. And they did. And then and we've continued to work with each other. Now it's been almost three years, you know. So, yes, it is. Um, you do have to advocate and educate. Again, it goes back to education. So the more you know, the more decisions you can make confidently. And they made that decision with me. And now it's becoming, those ingredients are becoming more popular in the cosmetic industry. It's less taboo. It's less scary. Um, and there's more research to back it up. So I feel really good that I pushed them on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not confident in my chemistry skills at all. <laughs> You're um, supposed to major in so, you know, <laughs> I went the total opposite route from Ariel. Like I didn't formulate in my kitchen at all. I just hired a chemist um, because I, I I just wanted to avoid all of those learning curves. <laughs> I, I was not trying to do science. I was just trying to make some good yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I did. And, um, you know, th like Ariel said, the biggest part is finding a manufacturer who has low MOQs, which is minimum order quantities. Um, because most of them want you to start off with ordering, I think, what, 10,000, yeah, 15,000 units at a time. And, you know, for small businesses who are just starting, you don't have the funds to do that unless you have some sort of capital back back you. Right. Um, and I'm self-funded as well. So I, it took a lot of trial and error. Um, I kissed a lot of frogs for sure, but <laughs> we got there. Yeah. You know, there's yes. not many in Louisiana either. Like there aren't many beauty men. I don't think there are any. There's a couple of chemists, and, I, and that's the two yeah. that I have seen but on no, Instagram. Right. No <laughs> manufacturers, though. No. Yeah. So, yeah. A job opportunity, for sure. But, yeah. <laughs> this is Somebody out there, go make that happen. Yeah. Right. We that's need right. you. But, yeah, the, the manufacturing piece is huge, and it's the biggest hurdle, I'd say. I guess another, I've been just thinking about your two uh, businesses over the last couple of days. I would think you've got a manufacturing issue, but you probably, the flip side of that is you probably have uh, an inventory issue. Yeah, there's always the marketing and inventory uh, scale for me that I just I try to balance every day because you can have a lot of products that without either awareness and marketing no one knows about <laughs> or you have not enough products but you can market, market, market. Well, then you're, you might run out of product because yeah. you've over-marketed what you have. So for us, I think... That funding gap that exists for small businesses, that is where it makes a difference if you stay in business or you don't, because you can easily just say, I don't have enough for inventory and or I don't have enough to get the word out. And a lot of people give up or they just don't have the resources or they can't find the right resources. I mean, we've been blessed to find some amazing people and funders that are out there who are interested and that's our decision if we move with it. But having those options really does help because yes inventory is the name of the game yeah yeah and now right. you know this i mean from experience i mean this was a big yeah. issue for you um still is a big issue but again it's it's it, you have to balance it right and so 
what happened with me was I was just starting in my room with 500 jars. I never thought that it would scale as quickly that I would get all of that traction because I didn't market and I didn't, um, I mean, I marketed myself with my own platform, but I didn't have a personal following. Like I'm no social media influencer. So I didn't ever dream of scaling so fast. Um, and so it's, it's a give and take, which is why I had to like intentionally take a step back my second year because I kept pushing and I kept sending it to all of these people, hoping, you know, that doesn't happen. Crossing my fingers that they'll pick it up and then everybody does and now what? <laughs> you know, yeah. so it may seem like, you know, a big deal and exciting, but it, it also can be to the detriment of your company in a lot of ways. You have to prepare for that. So it's been a learning curve for me in something that I'm really intentional on now. Like I have to balance my marketing efforts with my inventory, with people who can help me. If you have a thousand orders and it's mm -hmm. just you, right? what do you do? You right. know, people are waiting three weeks for their orders right. to get just packed. Right. So it's chaotic, it's, he it's hectic. I had boxes up to my walls, all in my living right. room, in my kitchen, still. in my bathroom. <laughs> They're like, still it was, there. <laughs> it's crazy. And I don't think people see like the behinds of, behind the scenes of that, and it can really burn you out quickly. Um, so, yeah, that's been my experience, and I'm blessed, but it's, it's definitely, you know, things that I'm still learning how to manage. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with Sydney Raymond, founder of hair care product Bombass Fro, and Ariel Brown, founder of hair and skincare product line Bees Bayou Skincare. Ariel, I want to ask about uh, financing. You know, you're probably kind of at that stage or you've gone out of there's so many different ways to do it. But if you do, you know, private equity, for instance, you lose a piece of the company and mm -hmm. then you go to the bank and debt is real debt. Yeah. Um, How do you decide what to do or what are you in the process of doing? Okay, so on the money. Um, so for me, the initial, the initial taking any type of money just happened organically. So I'm using a platform called Shopify, and it runs most of my e-commerce, and anything e-commerce related pretty much ties into my Shopify, whether that's from Etsy, Amazon, whatever. And so as they're seeing your data, they also have a funding uh, arm, and they know the, the traffic that's coming in, they see your profit margins, they see everything and the data tells them what you could probably take on a healthy amount in a loan. And it might be small. PayPal Capital might offer you 2,000 here. Shopify Capital might offer you 10,000, but you know you need it for inventory. And again, you're, I'm recycling, putting the money back into the business. So I already knew, okay, yeah, they can see the momentum. I know what's coming in about each month, what I'm spending. I can take on a little debt and pay whatever that is. The only thing with that type of loan, which is considered a term loan, is the interest is higher and they want their money faster. So they want it every single day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> every bit of sale that you make, they want a piece. It could be 13 to 17%, which is a lot, you guys. Um, I don't know if anyone's ever taken that type of money on, but that's a lot. So then I looked at, okay, well, um, that's good for now. I just need it for inventory to re, you know, do what I need to do for marketing and whatever. So that's fine. But then you get to the point where you're now more educated, you know better, you 
I've been, I was working on my personal credit, and so I was like, okay, I can leverage what I've achieved personally and go get a business loan. So I went, and um, thankfully, one of the programs I was in, Digital Undivided, they had a partnership with Chase Bank, and I was able to meet some wonderful people there who advised me not only on what products to apply for, but how to best use those products. So whether it would be a, a loan or a line of credit, use one for this, one for that, and they gave me some advice. So that helped in that initial stage of getting business loans. Um, and that was really super helpful. Um, but again, it's still debt. <laughs> and after a while, you're like, okay, how much debt do I need to keep taking? And these amounts are, you know, what can I do with these amounts? Sometimes they're not really large. So for me, grants were huge. I did crowdfunding, um, and that was rewards-based, so I didn't have to give up any equity with, with crowdfunding, and that was through Drew and Lauren Holiday, who, um, Drew Holiday, who used to play here, I think, with the Pelicans. Him oh, and yeah, his sure. wife, they have this fund, and New Orleans is one of their cities. So I did a crowdfund. They matched what I was able to get in the crowdfund. And when I hit my goal, they matched it. So I look for those opportunities to get that non-dilutive money. <laughs> um, but now I am at the point of speaking to angel investors for the first time. It's exciting um, and very scary. <laughs> <laughs> An honest answer. They, uh, let, me, let me ask you a question. If you had the money, if it just came in you know, pretty easily as such, what would you do with it? Yeah, um, so that would be a part of your strategic plan, right? You have to, of course, I would need inventory. That's like the bulk of where my money would go. <clears throat> With that inventory, you have to start spending ad dollars and doing some marketing campaigns because now what you have all this stuff like that you have to sell. So many things. Um, whoa, Facebook ads, social media ads, period, right? Because social media has been a driver to my growth. Influencer marketing is also a key component. So I want to get back to those people who supported me from the beginning. You know, I want to pay them back somehow. So those partnerships are also a part of my plan. Um, doing trade shows, being in front of people is, is another thing. Because um, I'm all online right now. And I don't do too many. I did Essence last year. But um, I don't do too many of those. Because I just don't have the stock it's to do inventory. it. Yeah. yeah. And so... That's a part of my plan. I also have to hire people. I'm a one-woman show. I have to pay myself eventually. Um, that's a thing. So many things. Um, you know, investing in technology and ways to streamline the processes and make them easier so that they take less time. Email marketing is also a thing that, I mean, I can go down a <laughs> rabbit hole of all of the money that I can spend to get this ball rolling. Um, but it's also about, about being strategic, yeah. I want to ask you about, um, are you, either of you, on the shelves, or is it all, uh, is it all social media and directly, uh, you know, business to consumers? Yeah, I'm directly, I'm solely direct to consumer. I have a couple wholesale partners, like, you know, beauty salons who purchase my product at a wholesale rate, but I'm not ready for retail, to be honest. Okay. You, you have to be ready for that because it can also crush your business. And so I don't want to move into that too fast without, you know, really measuring my traction and really like having a core because I run out so fast. So I haven't really been able to like get those metrics yet to know if I'm ready for that. Um, I want to do it. It's definitely a part of the goal, but I'm not going to rush into it at all. Yeah. Have you followed the same uh, 
Um, so this year, I, I, kind of similar. So mostly direct to consumer right now. Um, we just secured Macy's online, which is really fun and cool. Oh, like I'm excited wow. to see what data is going to come from that. Um, and what cities are going to be our top cities if it matches what our top cities have been just direct to consumer. Um, Cause those are the cities that I'm looking at for any kind of on shelf is where our customers already are buying the most. And it's mostly been like these metropolitan areas. Um, so I'm, I would love that. And I had actually been looking into um, PO financing. Um, so that way, if I do get a purchase order, <coughs> excuse me, if I do get a purchase order from a bigger retailer, instead of maybe using some of my cash on hand, a lot of cash on hand for product, um, I wanted to look into financing that um, because it's really hard to get a line of credit to do that. It's a darn near impossible these days. So um, I have been talking to people about that. So this year is the year where I have been sending some products to retailers so they can sample. And I pray somebody sends me an order because I really want to jump into it carefully. Just like Sydney said, it is uh, you can grow too, too fast, too large too fast. Um, so I, and also our customers, although we're an inclusive brand and we're trying to reach any and everybody, primarily we're targeting people who have you know, skin issues and scalp issues. They don't shop everywhere for that. So I have to be strategic about yep. what stores I do decide to even be in. But yep. we've gotten some, some inquiries and I'm just praying it works out. Um, and yeah, I really want to dive into that. I want to see how it goes. I was thinking about the market. It's pretty big. I mean, uh, I guess, you know, we've got about 320 million Americans and 12% uh, are, are black and then um, get half of that being, being women. But yeah. you end up with a number pretty close to 20 million. So um, have you got them all yet? Or? No. There's <laughs> working on it. Working I on. mean, sheesh. Uh, but if, if you think about it on a global scale, right, because skin and yeah. hair is like every, yeah. well, all over the world, you know, people are looking for beauty stuff and to want it, they want to look great and want yeah. their hair to be great. They want to feel good. So, yeah. I mean, the, the numbers are massive and the opportunity is massive. You know, you, you just have to find your niche and where you want to go with it. And, yeah, you can yeah. take off from there. And I feel like those customers become your, your ambassadors. Yeah. And also what I'm loving right now in beauty and skincare, like I see this with Black Girl Sunscreen, is that it's so powerful and it's making such a message and it is such a great product that regardless of your background, you're like, oh, I want to try that. Because, oh, you got, your skin looks so good. Or, oh, your hair looks so good. Or, oh, what did you find for your itchy scalp? Like, at this point, you know, as far as the black community, we've tried other products that weren't necessarily marketed to us, maybe, yeah. and they work. Yep. So it can happen vice versa. Um, and what works for really coarse hair or curly hair, there's plenty of people from different backgrounds with really coarse curly hair. Yep. So it's really cool to see like the popularity. I'm just so excited for your products too. Like that, that is something that's really difficult to achieve. Because yeah. <laughs> our hair routines are so many, there's so many products. Yep. Like, Listen, yeah. my bathroom is just covered in products, so Mine was it's hard time. to achieve something like that. And that was one of our goals with Bees Bayou. Like, mm -hmm. I wanted something I could throw in my purse, and it would do the things I need to do for my itchy scalp on the go. Mm -hmm. And that, it was other, other products only came from customers asking. Yeah. I never thought that would happen. 
So you know what I've been thinking is when you start out with a food product, you get to grow to a certain level, and then all of a sudden you need FDA approval and all that. Right. What is it for uh, hair and skin care uh, work? It's kind of like an open market. Like, yeah, mine is a little more specific. So I'll let you go. Medical, you have yeah. medical grade So stuff. what I had to learn early on was, so I was doing ads, um, like simple Facebook ads, just like letting them run automatically. I'm no ad genius, you know, but I started learning really quickly when they started flagging me. And I'm like, why are y'all flagging me? I'm just telling you what the product does. But I had to learn what you can and cannot say when you market for compliance purposes. I had someone do an audit for me, and she gave me this amazing report on what I can and can't say. And it's like, okay, well, if you do want to say skin renewal, just say renewal. Instead of, say, or instead of saying cellular, cellular renewal, I would just say skin, you know, and or renewal of your skin. And so there are different ways you can say things. But part of my fundraise is to use some of those funds to complete our product certification. So we, you know, stability testing, a lot of that your lab will do, but I want to get dermatologists tested. I want to get EWG tested. I want to get my micro, my microbiome tested um, because right now we're not um, medical. We're not FDA. We're just a cosmetic brand. Um, I really let our customer reviews speak for what the brand does and what the products do because if I say anti-whatever without a certification, I could get in trouble and I don't want to do that. So no, I, I don't touch that until we got yeah. cert certifications. <laughs> and skin and hair is totally different, right? Like, mm -hmm. I, I'm not claiming to fix your scalp. And, or, yeah. yeah, like, mm -hmm. that's not my thing. I'm more in the, literally, the beauty realm of it. So it's yeah. a little different for us because um, mm -hmm. those aren't my claims. But it, it's still you still have to be careful with what you promise people because yeah. I can't promise you that your hair will look like mine. You know, mm -hmm. I can't promise you that your curls will be perfectly defined. I can tell you that it works. I always tell people, like, whatever your hair looks like wet with conditioner in it, that's how your hair will look with my product. If you don't like it that way, you won't like it. Most so. people like to be encouraging, especially in entrepreneurship where the going is tough and rewards can be a long time coming. We've all heard of the supportive cliches, you know, follow your dreams, uh, never give up, trust your crazy ideas. Somebody has to be the one in a million, and it could be you. But to be honest, most of us never believe any of that reassuring advice is any more than just magical thinking. Then along came Ariel Brown and Sydney Raymond. Apparently dreams can, in fact, come true. Ariel and Sydney, it's amazing that you're both from New Orleans and you're both in the business at the same time. You're both equally talented and successful. It doesn't hurt that you're also hardworking and have developed real products that actually work. Congratulations on everything you've achieved so far, along with the rest of New Orleans and the entire hair and skincare industry. I'm looking forward to following your continued success. Thank you both for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Thank Thanks you so much. Thanks for having us. <laughs> My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Sydney Raymond, founder of Bombass Fro, and Ariel Brown, founder of Bees Bayou Skincare. We edited the show to fit into the time slot here on WWNO. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Ariel and Sydney and their hair and skincare products by listening to the Out to Lunch podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch podcast on your podcast app and on our website. It's neworleans.com. If you want to know what we all look like, 
You can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and on our Out to Lunch social media. These photos were taken today by Jill LaFleur. You can find more of Jill's photos at lafleurphoto.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. And our researcher is Maggie Mendel. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the lunch table for more business New Orleans style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch was recorded live over lunch at the NOLA Brewing Tap Room, 3001 Chapatula Street, open seven days a week. NOLA Brewing Tap Room has a wide variety of craft beers and authentic hand-tossed New York-style city pizza by NOLA Pizza. More information is at nolabrewing.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. And by Basics Swim and Gym and Basics Underneath Fine Lingerie. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, to learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com. 